Welcome to Pink Kink, where we talk about the pretty, twisted side of kink. I'm Princess Rara. And I'm Dara, the Electro Khaleesi. Whether you are a new kinkster or have years of experience, Pink Kink will help you level up your kink knowledge. Join us on this journey as we talk about our personal experiences and use the knowledge we've gained over 28 years of being involved in both private and professional aspects of this lifestyle to help you explore every facet of kink. Get set for an adventure. Not only will you learn and grow, but we promise loads of laughter, turning each episode into a fun party. So fasten your seatbelt and let's get this show started. Pink Kink runs off the generosity of our devoted patrons. As a patron, you will become a member of our special Discord server, receive some adorable Pink Kink stickers, as well as have access to a monthly behind-the-scenes podcast. Patrons also get discounts at our Etsy shop, Pink Kink Boutique, and our online classes at Pink Kink Institute. In addition, our impactful and electrifying Pink Kinksters get special audio and video episodes. And finally, patrons at our highest tier will be recognized as producers, both here on the podcast and on our website. If you would like to become a patron, you can visit us at patreon.com slash pinkkinkpodcast or click the link at pinkkinkpodcast.com. Today's episode is produced by our electrifying Pink Kinksters. Thank you, Jay, Witcherman, Brianna Lynn, Daddy Jay, Fabe, Embers, Blossom, William P., Claire, Lady Blooding, Naughty and Nice, Butte Pain, Northern Sir, Manda Panda, Cat, Stefan, Shadow Phoenix, Serenity Deb, Christopher, Kilted Sir, Brian, May Cry Devil, Ruby Riot, Mistress Velma, Enchanted Sparrow, The Wombat, Impact Hazard, Twitch, Lioness X, The Midnight Girl, Sinful, J21, Daisy If You Do, Harley Chick, Violet Rain, Serenity, Belle, Puppy Mike, Eric, Cat Daddy, Sweetie Todd, Lady Affliction, Dr. Dave, Pumpkin Pie, Ms. Tourmaline, S'more, Hacksaw, Kinky Katie, Wee Mad Beastie, To Be Better For Me, Forest, BP Bryn, Crash Override, Little Bean, Kinky Bear, I'm a Baby Bitches, Barbie, Navigator Bard, Frost, Sinful and Naughty, Coffee and Chaos, Noir, Mr. Pillsbury, Abby, Peaches, Brandon, Mighty Owl. Are you looking for a dating app for kink and fetish alternative lifestyles? Well, check out our sponsor, Kink D. K-I-N-K-D. Kink D is one of the most famous kink BDSM and fetish dating apps. They've been featured on HuffPost, Yahoo, Cosmopolitan, and more. Kink D allows you to find and meet local kinksters to fulfill your sexual fantasies. Go to kinkdapp.com to get your free membership. You can also find the app in the Apple App Store or on Google Play. Again, that's kinkdapp.com. Join now and get access to the free bondage, BDSM, kink, and fetish dating community for singles, couples, and swingers. That's kinkdapp.com, K-I-N-K-D-app.com. All right, so I know we're supposed to like do our usual shtick about this and that and take forever to get into the subject matter. It's my favorite part. But I don't got nothing because I stayed home last night. I mean, I did, too. I hung out with my mother this weekend. I don't really have any fun stories. Oh, actually, you do, because you were texting me last night when your mom was over. You can talk about when you were trying to edit an episode oh. while your mom was over. <laughs> oh, and my it, God. And that episode would have played before this one. So you're safe. You're not giving any spoilers. No spoilers. All right. Yeah, it was actually really funny. I had uh, my mom came over. And normally, I like to get episodes done somewhere, you know, Friday, Saturday, something like that. And so that we have like a week of Rara going, hey, you need to fix this. And I'm like, okay, fine. I don't do that to you that often. Not anymore. No. Used to be pretty bad. Well, there was a lot to be edited, but now you're such a pro. It's easy. I got this. So yeah, anyway, um, so I decided, I was like, I really need to work on this. I've got like 20 minutes left of this episode. It's Saturday already. I don't want to be giving this on Sunday because... You know, we got to load it up Tuesday and Wednesday. You have to bring you have to bring the booty episode to an end. But I'm bum. No, no. Sorry. Sit down. Okay. <laughs> oh, you are. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's hard to tell sometimes with how short I am, but go for it. Yeah, I couldn't tell because you're like that height standing too. Yeah. Anyway, so my mom came over and we were hanging out, and then I was like, I really need to edit this, and she's like, Okay, well I'll just sit over here. I was like, I'm gonna put on headphones. 
Because Lord knows I don't want my mother hearing the booty episode. I don't want her hearing any of them. But the booty episode would have been like, especially <laughs> hard, hard to explain, especially if you were at the parts where you talked about like, yes. to peg. Oh, your mother, no, not just the pegging part, but, but mentioning the, well, the horse cock and like all this other. Yeah. Oh, my God. No, Ma- mommy doesn't need to know this about no, you. No, not in a million years. So I gave her a book. I put on some headphones and uh, the dogs were laying on her and she was perfectly happy and like still in the same room. But luckily, there's no transcript. I just work with like sound waves and stuff when I'm editing. Oh, my God. I kept like leaning. I kept looking and I'm like, OK, can she No, she can't hear it? OK, good. Thank God. <laughs> and I had to stop. And I'm, I'm at this point still not done with editing because there's a part where I have to do like a recording and then stick it in there. Of information that we found later. Yeah, just stick it in there. Just stick it in there, babe. That of information that we found later. And so I couldn't record it with my mom sitting there and I'm texting Rara. I was like, God damn it. So when I come home from recording this today, I'm going home and I'm actually going to do the edit. I'm going to pop it in. And yeah. Yeah. Well, I actually, I stay, I chose, I chose to stay home last night because as you, might be able to hear during this recording. I have, I have a little bit of a cold. Just a little. And I need to hurry up and get healthy because we leave in just four days. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. For Dark Odyssey Winter Fire. And I feel very behind because I've only... We're not doing booty jokes anymore. No, I know. I'm sorry. Okay. I, I feel delayed. Not ready. Unvirgo-like. Because, I was trying to come up with other words, because I have only packed my toy bag. Now, that's it? Well, You're that's about two that, weeks behind. That's, I, that's packed. I have started to, I have a, a checklist mm-hmm. of things to make sure I bring. And I have started a pile in the guest room on the guest bed of all the stuff that's going to go in the suitcase. But like later today, I have to put some stuff together because tomorrow night is the target run for anything that I need. That's the plan. Right. I'm still waiting on one more package to arrive, which isn't probably going to arrive until tomorrow, which is stuff that I need to pack. So I'm cutting it close for me, not for other people. Yeah, no, I'm, but, I'm starting today. But on a rah-rah schedule, that's, that's cutting it close. I have actually, so I have what? We have today, tomorrow. So wait, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I have to cook and prep stuff. I have to pack my toys which are all scattered all over my uh, space because of the class that I just taught. So, which is actually not too bad because now I can reorganize and put them back exactly how I want them as opposed to how I pack when I'm done with um, risque every every month. I just throw shit in the bag and pray. Praying is good. Because <laughs> like at that point, I'm like, get it, just get it in the bag. Just, I don't care. Just get it in the bag. Yeah, I um, I no, I can't do that. So. I need I need a little bit more than just praying. Yeah, well, we're get, we're getting there. I will be packed. I will be done. It's just going to take like and actually the good news is most of my work stuff is done. Okay, so progress. So that was pretty damn helpful. But yeah, I I feel very delayed. And well, on a rara scale it is. It is. It's very. So what are we talking about right now, rara? Well, this sort of leads into why we chose this topic. So knowing that we were going to be very busy with winter fire and preparing and getting everything ready, we got, I don't know, would you call it lazy or just economical? Creative. Economical with our energy. I like it. You like that? I like That's it. That's why I'm the PR person. Yeah. Okay. We were economical with our energy and we chose something that would not necessarily require a large amount of, re- of a resource. Resources? Research? Research? Thank you. I, I'll, I'm going to take a sip of my coffee here for a minute okay. and see if that will help well, the so, mouth work with the brain. So I will talk about another sit- mother situation. I watched this. I did my research on Friday night because at that point, my mother had said that she was coming over Saturday morning and spending the night Saturday night. And I went, I probably can't watch this with my mother. Well, you could have, but it would have. It would have been awkward. It would have been awkward. 
It would have been an interesting discussion with your mother. It was awkward explaining it to her because I did mention it because why the hell not? But I didn't want to sit there and watch it with her. And I knew I wouldn't watch it with. She can watch it with my dad. They'll be fine. Well, I mean, it's it's actually a very fascinating story if you are a superhero fan, which I am. Which, yeah. So I Me too. And I mean, you have to do take into account of how much of this is reality versus fiction. I wouldn't mind actually watching, like, if there was a, a I don't know what you call them, like, bi- not a biography, like a biopic. Yeah. That will know. That was the biopic. That was- I mean, like an actual documentary, like yeah. researched and stuff on it. That would be interesting to compare the two. Would love that. But what, maybe we should tell people what we're talking about. Go for it. So we watched. The movie Professor Marston and the Wonder Woman, which is based on Professor William Marston, who created the Wonder Woman comic, who also uh, who also was involved in a polyamorous relationship, which may or may not have included the two women also together. Mm-hmm. There's some the book the the movie showcased it as if. The, the two women were also involved with each other. I can tell you right now they were. Oh, yeah? How come? I'll, I, oh, you want to say that? I, I researched it, actually, and the ending credit has it, and then I also went and looked it up, and it's pretty accurate. Well, that's what's interesting. So we should probably go. So basically, William Marston and his wife, Elizabeth mm-hmm. Marston. Whose actual real name wasn't Elizabeth. That was her middle name. Really? Mm-hmm. A lot of people do that. My grandpa's. Went by his middle name, oh, too. Oh, so that does my like mother. A, that was like a thing. And actually, so did the um, the other woman, too. That's not her real name, either. So they, their polyamorous life partner, Olive Byrne. Apparently, Olive, uh, William and Elizabeth's granddaughter criticized the film, saying that Elizabeth and Olive Byrne, that the idea that Elizabeth and Olive Byrne were lovers was entirely fictional. While clarifying that she was not offended by the notion and technically could not swear they had no such relationship, she explained that she had been a close personal confidant of her mother's and of her grandmother's, and she could say with 99.99% certainty that they did not. <sighs> except the, the af, it, yeah, except, uh, except, yeah, except. <laughs> well, and we also have to look at the time frame. If you think about when this was happening, mm-hmm. they were never mm-hmm. going to admit it. Not in a million fucking years. I mean, have you, did you ever see there was an, I'm not going to be able to help anybody find it because I can't remember enough details for you to find it. There was a documentary mm-hmm. once, and I can't remember if it was about queer folks in general or lesbians in particular, but I just remember one uh, female couple who had been together forever Okay, that they talked about the fact, I mean, these women were now like, I think in their 80s when the, the documentary was made, and they were talking about the fact that they hid it from mm-hmm. everybody. That everybody just thought they were two old maids who were friends and lived roommates. together. Roommates. Lived together to, to share resources and, yeah. and save expenses. That's what you did. You just said, this is my roommate. Right. You share a room, you share a bed, but whatever. Well, they didn't. In, in, what they did is they had a second bedroom. Yeah. That they pretended. When family comes over, that's what you do. Yes. Right. So the fact that the granddaughter thinks that they weren't involved. Yeah, no. Sorry, sorry, granddaughter. Make me go. No, sorry, granddaughter. There's been way too many actual documented cases where that is literally what happened. In fact, they even put it in the new version of Anne with an E. Oh, did they? You haven't seen it? I don't. I've never watched the old version either. Oh shit! No way. Way. What? Way. Shit. There's so many things I have to like show you. I'll add it to my to-do list. Right, all of them. But they added a lot of stuff in Anne with an E, and one of them was, I'm just going to spoil it, I don't really give a shit, Aunt Josephine, um, who originally was an old maid in the uh, original story, but in the new one, she has a lesbian life partner, Mm -hmm. and they, I think the lesbian life partner actually in the Anne with an E was like recently deceased, but they were all like, why is she so upset about like her roommate? Yeah. Yeah, that's what you did. It's what you did in those days, which thank God we've come a long way. 
Even in, they even have that situation in Call the Midwife. Oh, do they? So I've yeah. never watched that show. Oh my God. Uh, I don't have enough time. Uh, There's TikToks to be watched. And so many books to read. Doom. But yeah, it, it mean, we're sort of like all over the place and getting ahead of ourselves, which is so unlike us. But So unlike but, us. Um, but. <laughs> but the whole, per- and the reason that we decided we wanted to watch this and discuss it is this movie and the story behind it covers a lot of really link that's what i'm looking it's a psychological deep dive into kink and what makes people tick and how much kink was actually in wonder woman oh my god like it was when they were i i actually one point paused to take notes Mm -hmm. and i had started watching the movie with the subtitles on not because i need them but because i had been watching another show with accents and whenever anybody has accents even if they're even this if, one barely had any accents well no but even even like when i watch shows where the accent is is british or australian they use different words than we do their english is different than our english so i tend mm-hmm. to put subtitles on so i could catch stuff and the subtitles came on and i was kind of like oh i gotta figure out again how to get them off and then i went nah i'm just gonna ignore them leave them on but it came in really handy when i wanted to take notes you could just copy it from the words yeah that they said and so like the one that grabbed my attention and i'm gonna grab it because i literally wrote the whole thing down they actually they sat there and they talked about the criticisms of wonder woman containing depictions of and this is a quote from the movie bondage spanking torture homosexuality and other sex perversions yes deviances right oh yeah so we thought this would be really fascinating to talk about is wonder woman kinky is she not 100 fucking percent talk about the the polyamory side of things and the this kind of then goes with our whole feminist episode that we did a few episodes ago because of the way this particular trio set up their world and the fact that people made choices oh yeah i have so many quotes oh okay from this oh my god i was so into this movie I can tell. I was so into it. All right. So are we going to go in chronological order? You go whatever order makes your little heart pitter patter. Because I assume that your notes are also in chronological order in the movie. Yeah. Have you met me? So that that sounds perfect. Okay. The very first scene when they were burning the comic books. Oh, yeah. Oh, by the way, guys, don't really listen to this episode if you, I mean, go watch the movie and then because we're going to spoil the shit out of this movie. We kind of have to. We're going into a very big deep dive. So, like, go watch the movie first and then let us talk about it at you or with you if you're yelling at the car or whatever. Yelling at us through the car because, you know, we can hear you. Ouch, you're hurting my ears. They were yelling at us in the car. They really, I mean, I could hear it too. But, yeah, so just spoiler alert, big one. (laughs) They were burning comic books. I was offended. It So it starts off where you see these little, these kids. With their little red wagons. Um, I forgot the name of that red of those red wagons. I had one. Flyers. Flyers, yeah. Right? I had one when I was a kid. Filling up, they're buying, they're getting all the comic books. And here's what always cracks me up about these people. This is where you kind of want to kind of go, really? Did you really think this out? Because they already spent the money on these books. Mm-hmm. They went into stores to buy more, therefore spending more money. And now they're burning them. You realize the only people you're hurting are yourself because you, you literally made the sales go up. Yeah. Like, duh. Come on. So, but then we, as we already know, these people are not too bright. But yeah, so I have the quote right there. Bondage, spanking, homosexuality, and other sex perversions. So there, it kind of goes back and forth between like his life, Marson's life, and what is it? He, they called it a review. It's not a trial, but he, it's under review by some... Is it a government official? I couldn't tell. I, I didn't really understand if it was a government official or people who worked for the publishing house that the comic book was. It wasn't because the publisher was backing him up. Ah, gotcha. Okay. And that was Oliver Platt, who I adore. And he was like, I can't, I can't back you up or I can't protect you anymore if you don't do this. So she, the woman who was doing the review was some sort of, it was some sort of national organization for... I don't know, conservative protection, sexual something or other. It's, you know, the same shit that we have now. Same shit. Same shit, different day. William 
is a professor at Radcliffe University, which is a sister school of Harvard. Back, back in the day when women weren't allowed at Harvard, which is why Radcliffe, right. that's where the women went. Yeah, it, but it's like a version of Harvard. And his wife was also there. I'm not sure if she was a professor too, but she was trying to get her doctorate right. from Harvard, but they wouldn't let her. No, they would give her the doctorate from Radcliffe. But, but she wanted from it from Harvard, so she was like, no, fuck you. They needed a teacher's assistant because they were trying to figure out how to, they were inventing a thing. A thing. And they needed a TA to help them invent the thing. Which, as it turns out, and I never, I never knew this, I looked it up. It's accurate. This dude is one of the inventors of the lie detector, which evolved into the polygraph machine. Yep. I was like, what? Really? The guy who did Wonder Woman. Yep. But if you think about it, Wonder Woman was all about the truth. Well, I think that's a lot of it. So that was really cool. The connection there was really cool. I loved that. And that was a real life connection. They didn't just make that shit up. I was like, okay. So he obviously is very attracted to his new teacher's assistant, who is this gorgeous. Well, that's how she. I mean, the point is to believe the, the. Movie, that's how she got selected to be his. Because she was hot. Yeah. Um, but I really liked this quote. The wife clearly saw this and she was like, yeah, go for it. Fuck her. And he was like, wait, really? And she goes, yes, I'm your wife, not your jailer. See, I didn't get the impression that she was saying fuck her. Just she very much noticed he was attracted to this other woman. No, because she said, I don't feel sexual jealousy. Right. But that's, but I, t- I just took it differently that she was, she wasn't jealous that he wanted to fuck. I took it as go fuck her. Yeah. I, see, I took it I figured they were in an open marriage. That's how I saw it. Yeah. I didn't see and it And then she way. changed her mind. Well, because the reality is often yes. different than that the That is concept. the reality all the time. I mean, that happens a lot in polyamory relationships when you open it up. I know a lot of people. And oddly enough, it tends to be, from what I've heard, because mm-hmm. I'm in a polyamorous relationship, and any jealousy I have, oddly enough, is weird. Like, it's, I'm very much aware it's jealousy of you got to do that thing, and I didn't get to do that thing. Not jealousy of the sex, not jealousy of their You got to spend time with this person, yeah. and I didn't. Yeah. yeah. But Is it a FOMO? It is a FOMO. Yeah. It's very much a FOMO. I recognize that, and then that becomes my issue, so... I'm working on that. I'm a constant work in progress. I'll let you know if I ever actually get figured L- out. Yeah, me too. And I'm not, um, I, have, I have too much FOMO to work on it. It's just too much. <laughs> but I, I see this a lot with couples, traditional male-female couples who open it up, often because the guy wants somebody. Yeah, and that's exactly what happened. Right? But then the woman ends up finding somebody easier. More easily, I should say, is the word. Mm-hmm. because. Understandably, us women are a little bit um, more in tune. Not in tune. We're a little bit more cautious about believing a guy when he tells us, oh, I've got an open marriage. My wife knows. Yeah. That's not entirely accurate all the time. I've heard many couples complain that the husband is having a very difficult time finding somebody because other women don't we've been be- burned, fucking believe you. Don't believe you, which is why a lot of. You can do this. I know you can do this in OkCupid. I don't know about other apps. But if both the partners are on there, you can link the accounts. Right. So that people can go, oh, look, they're linked. So the wife must know about it. Like you, then you go to the wife's. Her thing will say something like, yes, my husband is also on here. Yes, we are in it. Right. To just prove it. But anyway, so this idea that I won't be jealous, I'll be fine is great in theory. Until something actually yeah. happens. And then... Now we've gone from theoretical into reality and all of a sudden things are different. Yeah. So they, uh, I thought the scene with the, at the sorority house was, <gasps> that was hot. Fantastic. Loved that. Cause that, that then took it, not just the polyamory, but now all of a sudden the kink side of stuff. That's was making when shit started to happen. Right. You want to describe that one since I did the first part? Oh, I can. Go ahead. You were just having so much fun. Well, it's, it's your kind of kink. So I figured. <laughs> So the, the, um, what happened is Olive is in a sorority, 
and they're having, I don't know if it's a pledge night or. It's or like an initiation. Initiation, right? And she sneaked. She snuck. Sneak. Snuck. Sneaked. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> now, I, <laughs> once in a while, something will happen that would make me go, oh, yeah, this is why we're friends. Um, <laughs> they sneaked. She sneaked William and Elizabeth in and they hid on the stairs, which, okay, we're going to get past the, the, the fact that, like, that was a little bogus. Yeah. That nobody else saw them. That's like, bullshit. On. They were on the balcony overseeing right. it. So it. Obviously. No. Um, but anyway, a p- pledge that Olive had been assigned to be in charge of did something that was against the rules. She talked back or something. So she asked a question. <gasps> oh. She spoke up. God forbid a woman should ever speak up. To another woman. Right. <gasps> and so she had to be punished with paddling. Now, honey, if I had known back then that I was kinky, I would have pushed hard to become part of a sorority if it meant And then you would have back talked the shit out of oh, everybody. Oh, anytime. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Rara would have been the mouthiest pledge ever. Yes. So she had to paddle the person. And I loved how they did it where she sits on a chair. And the person comes and lay, like gets on their knees and then lays over her lap. So it's almost an over the knee spanking. Wait, wait, wait. How you have to describe how the pledges were dressed? Oh, like babies. So right away we have an age play component. Yep. And what's funny is the fact that when they first saw the age play component of it, William and Elizabeth are laughing. Like, oh my mm-hmm. god, they're just like babies. It's the silliest thing. Yeah, it's so stupid. Why would they do this? Clearly, Elizabeth never was in a sorority. Clearly. Well, with that attitude, she wouldn't have made it in a sorority anyway. No. Elizabeth is very me. I'm going to tell you right now. I would never have made it in a sorority either. And I was born to be a sorority girl. Yeah. Like, that's my people. I'm not a team player like that. But I would have still managed to probably get in trouble and piss somebody off at some point. You still would have gotten paddled. Yes. Yeah. On purpose. (laughs) Several times a day. As often as they'd let me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But the paddling started. And William and Elizabeth are getting turned on. Yep. Voyeurism. Then William, you can't quite see what he's doing. I couldn't, you know, first it looks like he's just It was really dark in that scene. Right? Well, it looked like at first he was just caressing her leg. But then it also looked like Elizabeth was nearing orgasm. So I'm assuming his hand moved up further on her leg. I think so. And then you see Olive catching them. Glance up, she glanced right? up, looked at them. So where originally she was not okay with the paddling, once she saw that it was turning them on, she it, got into it. She got into it, and then her exhibitionist side came out, and she started getting more into the paddling to turn them on. Yep. And then, unfortunately, it did not reach satisfying conclusion because Elizabeth stopped him. She got a little bit. I think she started to get turned off. Not turned off, but scared when Olive noticed them. That's when that's the key for her. She was okay with it when it was just her and William. But the second Olive saw it and it became more public for her, clearly she's not an exhibitionist. No, I don't understand why. But well, some people don't. Okay, whatever. So did how (laughs) I did notice something wrong with the paddling scene. Oh, what? You, You didn't catch it? I, I wasn't watching for that. Well, I couldn't help but notice it. Yeah. Same damn spot. Oh. Left butt cheek. I actually did notice that. Oh, my God. And I thought to myself, that's not nice. No. That actually drove me nuts. Well, and I will tell you, if you really, you know, all the, all this talk about using like paddling to punish your submissive and stuff. If you really want to punish your submissive, make it uneven. Dara's <laughs> just like blinking at me. Like that's the true punishment is don't make it even. If somebody did that to me, I would probably hit myself the second that they were gone mm-hmm. to even it out. That's yeah. that's not right. That's psychological torture. That's against the Geneva Convention. We don't do psychological torture unless it's an actual psychological torture scene. So no, I disagree. Respectfully disagree. Don't fucking do that. So anyway... You'd have to discuss whether the psychological yeah, torture no. is acceptable. Nope. But it was it was very fascinating. That was the first hint that we got that these people, in addition to being polyamorous, uh, have a kinky. So the next day, 
they're discussing it. And William is questioning the shit out of her. And I liked this quote. How did it make you feel? I don't want to talk about it. How did it make you feel? Excited, repulsed, nervous, aroused. Yep. That was him. Well, yeah. That was his quote, not not Olive. And I thought it was interesting because Elizabeth was saying, stop questioning her about it. She doesn't want to talk about it. Let's question you. And his reaction was, I wasn't involved. Uh, yes, sir, you As a were. a lawyer, you were. You were in that scene. The second Olive noticed and started, first of all, you were watching. That makes you aware. With consent, because Olive knew you were watching. She got you in there. Well, the other girl didn't know, so that was actually kind of bad. But anyway, the the second she made eye contact with you and started paddling the other girl for you, that was a full scene. I To me, it was very interesting because that's the moment when Elizabeth noticed the physical changes in Olive mm-hmm. with the, with the pom- sweaty palms, sweat on the forehead. The increased the uh, breath. Increased breath, the pulse and all that. Yep. Which led to the breakthrough that they needed in creating their work for the polygraph because they discovered that this changed her blood pressure mm-hmm. and her pulse, which, were, which are very measurable things. And therefore, you could create a test that measured those things. So now from that, they're testing out their system that they've created. The, the actual testing blood pressure scene? Yes. Yeah. Where they've got, is it him who's, t- I can't remember if it was him or, or Olive who was. He, she, Olive was in, this, in the hot seat. On the hot seat, right? And Elizabeth was in, asking the questions. Right. And William, I think, was recording them. Yeah. So, oh, well, no, they start off with testing him. Oh, yes. And she's asking him a bunch of questions and he's lying and he's passing the test. Right. And they discover that's because what we're asking you, you have no personal bearing skin in yeah. the game, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I does. thought it was just he was a really good liar. No, I think that's the point. They ask you questions. Like if you if I lie and I say my hair color is black, like what do I care? Mm-hmm. But now they started asking personal questions where the truth versus the a stakes lie are higher, much higher. And sh- she asked him, are you in love with Olive? And he said no, which the polygraph showed to be a lie. It was actually at that point that I started going, she becomes their unicorn. I never thought, not once, that it was just him. I said, she's going to be their unicorn. Yeah. It's pretty obvious. You guys do know what a unicorn is, right? Eh, just go ahead and tell. Okay. A unicorn is a single woman who gets involved with a couple and is in, is involved with both of them. So it's a bisexual woman. Oh, I got this. It is an FFM. Very good. I learned. Right? Um, there are, unicorns are an interesting breed that not a lot of them exist. Because here's the thing. You have to find somebody who meshes with both of you, which is not as easy as it sounds. There are couples who are specifically go unicorn hunting. Yeah. Which within the polyamory world is looked down upon. It's a very controversial subject. There are a lot of people who think if you are unicorn hunting, shame on you. You are terrible. You give polyamory a bad name. And then there are those in the camp who are like, as long as you're fucking honest about it, look for whatever the hell you want. Mm -hmm. It's when you're lying that it becomes a problem. But if you're honest going, look, we are only looking for somebody who is willing to be involved with both of us. Yeah, and it's what's difficult. The problem? Finding one person who you mesh that well with is ridiculously hard, let alone finding two. It's, you know, look, polyamory is complicated. And then if you're going to make it so that the person is involved with both of you, you are adding additional complications. Mm-hmm. Not saying you shouldn't do it. Just go into it with wide open eyes so that you're prepared. Yeah. So moving forward, I absolutely 100% fucking called it. Called what? I figured she would kiss Elizabeth first. Yeah. Kind of saw that one coming a mile away. They would, weren't that secretive about it. I would really love to know if this was accurate. Like, we'll never know for sure. We will never know unless somebody invents a fucking time machine and goes and like spies on them. It ain't oh, happening. Did we mention, I don't even think we mentioned that Olive had a fiance. Oh, yeah. And this whole, she basically cheated on him with them. 
Yes. Yes. So Olive says she's actually in love with Elizabeth. She's in love with Elizabeth first. Right. They, well, I, I wrote in my notes they kiss, but really Olive kissed Elizabeth. Oh, she went for it. Which is very fascinating because if you're supposed, if you're looking at this this couple, Elizabeth is your traditional feminist. She's a power woman. Right? This power ass woman who probably wore pants as soon as she could get away with it. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of scenes with her in pants. Right? While Olive is your traditional female where she's she's sweet and quiet and, and very ultra feminine. So well, the that- fact that she's the one who... That really comes into play later, too. Oh, yeah. Really, really comes into play later. So anyway, we got to we got to keep going. So I never actually knew where the sapphic term came from. And this actually explained it. I know it was so fucking cool. I didn't know that that was the reason. Oh, share. Share with the audience. Okay. So there's a term, uh, suffering Sappho, is what (laughs) they said in there. Um, And Sappho was a Greek woman who was a lesbian. And this is literally where the term sapphic relationship comes from. It's lesbian. Yeah. So anyway, I thought that was really cool. I, didn't, I never actually knew that. Did you? I did not. But I also never went out of my way to find out. Well, because in the when when people talk about the, I, the I romance the, books. Well, I know the term. I learned what saf, that sapphic meant. Ro- lesbian romance. Lesbian romance. But I never like learned the, where the name came from. That, I, that's your shtick. To, I'm less about the why. Oh, and more about the how. I I knew I knew what it was. I knew that it was lesbian romance, but I never know the whole reason. I was like, oh my god, that's really, really cool. So anyway, I, yeah. <laughs> anyway, the power play dynamic between these three is fascinating, but it really during the the first sex scene. Oh my god! First of all, they're on the drama stage in in oh that was god. hot. How fucking dramatic! And not only just the drama stage, but you have to understand. With and the costumes? This, well, this is all having, you know, remember, this is all leading up to the fact that he, he creates Wonder Woman. Yes. So the drama stage is where earlier we had watched Olive watching, I don't know if, it, I'm assuming it was a rehearsal, of some Greek mm-hmm. characters play, right? They, I think Diana was mentioned. Mm-hmm. And Diana is a famous lesbian in Greek mythology. Right. And remember, Diana is the name of Wonder Woman. That's her, that's her. Oh, I forgot that. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I fucking forgot. Ding, 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 <laughs> ding. That's amazing. <laughs> I th- 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 they weren't subtle about no, leading they really up weren't. to how we got to Wonder Woman. <laughs> no, every single scene had some component of Wonder Woman. You remember when they got him the the uh, the crystal plane to... Yeah. That's later. Right. But it's Did her you invisible notice? plane. Did you notice the bracelets that Olive always I, wore? Yes, I'll get to that. I got that. But uh, so there was bondage. In their first sex scene, they actually tied, was it ribbons or some sort of organza I, around him? I, they just tied. But so when, when Olive and Elizabeth were first kissing, he happens to run after them and he fi- he catches them literally in the act kissing. And the look on his face was not horror or jealousy. It was like fascination. And he didn't want to break the spell of them kissing. But then they break apart. They they notice that he's there and he doesn't make a move. He doesn't move a muscle. Right. Until Elizabeth holds out her hand. Only then does he join. And that right there is the beginning of their power dynamic for the rest of their relationship. Oh, yeah. Elizabeth is at the top. Oh, yeah. Elizabeth is the top dog. She always was in their relationship with him. But she becomes their dominant Right then and there, he is the switch, and Olive is 100% their submissive. Oh, yeah. The hierarchy is so obvious. Not even remotely trying to hide anything about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, of course, now they've started a trio. It's the heyday of their relationship. It is. And as word gets out about their relationship, the Marstons are fired from the university. Yep. Olive's fiance dumps her ass and Elizabeth is freaking out mm-hmm. because how are they, they can't get jobs now. What are they supposed to do? And well, I'm working up. To okay. That. And so as far as she's concerned, the three of them need to be over. It yes. needs to be done. She needs to go back to your traditional married couple relationship. 
And then Olive kind of drops a bomb on them. She's pregnant. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. So they, Problems. Yeah. So they decide to build a family together and create a story about how they are together. So they, they move to New, a New York suburb. Gotta love New York suburbs. And mind you have to understand, this is, I, I don't even know if we've really talked about the time frame. This is by 1934 this is happening. Oh, right? yeah. So we're talking a long time ago, folks. When I think it started in 1928. Right, right. So gays and lesbians who have always existed, but they existed in the shadows. Because you could. Apparently Richard the Lionheart was gay. I'm so not surprised. Listen, I still wonder about Elizabeth the first. Never got married. She probably had a lot of handmaids. Yep. Anyway, go ahead. So they came up, they settled in New York. They both had children from Will, from um, William. Olive has two sons. Elizabeth has one son and one daughter. And she named the daughter Olive. Yeah. I thought that was cute. But they told people, which makes sense in like 1934, that Olive was a widow. Mm-hmm. And she moved in with the Marstons because they were going to help her. So she shouldn't be alone. Because as we know, a woman should never be alone. She can't handle no. stuff by herself. She needs help from a strong man. But what I thought was really interesting was the kids fucking knew. Well, they knew that was their dad. They all had the same dad. But did you see what they started calling Elizabeth and, and Olive? Remind me. Olive was mom and Elizabeth was mama. Or was it mommy? It was, they called them both mom, basically. Yeah. So the kids knew. So that makes me wonder, what did you have to tell the kids? So when they would go to school, they wouldn't say anything. They wouldn't accidentally out you all. Right? They were really good, apparently, about keeping that shit a secret, especially the little ones. Right. Or, remember being the time frame, the kids do this, and then you just tell people, Oh, well, that's just because they've been with us since they were so little. This is, that's what yeah, they think. We, that's true. We just don't have the heart to And it looked them. like Olive was the one that, we, okay, so Olive was obviously the homemaker. Right. Elizabeth got a job. Yep. From what I. Secretary. From what I read, she was the main breadwinner. And apparently you could be the main breadwinner as a secretary in those times. Yeah. My mother was a secretary in the 70s and she was the breadwinner. Yeah. Well, because you also have to remember it wasn't, a lot of secretaries were male back then. Like women didn't work outside the house. So these jobs were created even for men to be mm-hmm. the head of the household and make the money and bring it home. So if a woman was in that position, it doesn't surprise me she'd be making bank. So watching this, I decided that I need a wife. I've been asking for a wife for years. I want, I would totally do the triad unicorn thing and he goes to work, I go to work and she can stay home. If she would like, I will, I will get, I will give her whatever she wants. There are people who have actually, and I love this idea, who have created small businesses where they do wife duties or husband duties and not the sexual kind. Like you hire, you hire them and they're like, I'll do your wife duties. I'll drop, I'll do your drop your dry cleaning off and pick it up. I'll run to the grocery store. I'll stay in the house so that when the package comes, it needs to be signed for. I'll do it like they've created with small businesses. And by the same token, you've got men who've done it from the male side of you going, I'll be your husband. I will you know, do the- fix your electrical, electrical problems. Right? I will hang your Christmas lights. Oh, Damn, that's genius. Oh, what they really need, see what you really need to do is you need a couple to create a husband and wife business and they cover everything. Yes. Oh, that's actually genius. Okay, so the I want to get to the part where he goes to the lingerie shop. Yes, 1940. Let's set the scene. It's 1940. It's in my notes. That's how I'll okay. Okay, first of all, I fucking love the lingerie shop owner. Oh, yeah. He was so gay. So gay. Oh, my God. And it was your quintessential, like, fiery gay kind of trying to tone it down. You could tell that he normally would have been, okay, you know, like one of those. I, first of all, that's my favorite. But second, you could tell that he was holding back because the whole business part. Yeah. But yes, well, then I they loved start, him. I love the, the talking in code. Yes, I wrote that down too. Right? But I love the first question when, when Marston's like, <laughs> I'm looking for lingerie. And the first words very naturally out of his mouth is for, for you, you or some clearly else. he gets cross-dressing men in there. And I'm using the word cross-dressing because that's what it was at the time. Yeah. Right. Now I just call them sissies. Yeah. Cause that's my kind of man. Um, so is it for, is it for you? And then <laughs> my favorite part, are you a devotee? And he's like, of what? 
And then the guy goes, off the high heel. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? And then the next part was, are you on the vice squad? Well, yeah, because that was that's a legitimate question. But here's my thing. If it was, would he have answered honestly? No. But here's the other thing. I'm trying to the whole time I was trying to figure out if Vice Squad was code. Oh, seriously? Yes. <laughs> I was dying laughing. And you then obviously I, don't and then I watch realized, enough. Oh, wait a minute. No, Vice got You it. obviously need to watch more Law and Order. I mean, I dun, figured dun, dun. it out. But it took me like five seconds of trying of thinking that Vice was some sort of code for <laughs> for cross dressing gay man, and then I was like, oh, "Wait a minute, God Almighty!" It was like five whole seconds. I you sure got blonde a little bit at the roots, maybe. <laughs> but I was dying, and then I figured it out, and I was still laughing. So I would be laughing at you too had you done that when you were oh, sitting, sitting with me. It was really really funny. So. Yeah. So then they go to a rope class. What? Well, the whole, so, so Charles Goyette, I don't know if I'm pronouncing Some right. French guy. Some French guy. He, he's the one who runs the laundry shop. And, and he introduces uh, Marston to fetish art-themed comics and photos. And what's interesting is so the art captured William's imagination because of his disc theory, which is what he was using. Right to create the polygraph. Now, disc theory, for those who don't understand, it's, um, I got so my notes to, here. Before you say what it actually stands for, to me, this is a precursor to the acronym for BDSM. Uh, I could see that. Okay. Right. So disc theory, it stands for dominance, inducement, submission, and compliance. Mm -hmm. And so the whole thing, he talks about how inducement is seducing them into your way of thinking there's discussions which i i loved this stuff um that submission needs to be willingly yes or else it's just compliance it's it's giving yourself deliberately over to the other person right which i absolutely i mean i just loved his whole theory and again we don't know how much of this is truth or not but his ideas about dominance versus submission made so much sense, even in t even against today's standards. Mm -hmm. Where, I mean, at one point when he's going through, I think by the government, being questioned about what's inside the Wonder Woman comics. And she's like, there's a lot of erotic components he's in like, there. He's like, well, yeah. He's like, yeah, an erotic component is necessary. How else is submission supposed to be? He, Other than pleasurable. Right. He kept mentioning that. But he also said in that same scene, I think we're talking about, he said, how else are young men going to be respectful of powerful women? He had such a hard on for powerful women, which is why he was still so hot with Elizabeth. Yeah, I loved and I love that he was. I love that, you know, normally you traditionally see this like the married couple and the guy's eye catches a young nubile female mm -hmm. and the wife is like thrown to the wayside no no he was still fucking attracted to his wife and still loved that's why her. this worked yeah and it was interesting because they also did not simply only have threesomes it was definitely what did i say ffm yeah because there's a scene where olive convinces elizabeth to play hooky from work so they can Ooh, have sex yeah that that scene though it was hot. That broke. I know, but it broke my heart because of what happened yeah, later. But anyway, so when he brings home the this idea with the the art and all of that, Elizabeth, of course, immediately is like, "No, no. I don't like it." You can always see that of the three of them, she was always the hardest sell. I don't know if it was she had the most realistic outlook of she's how, a pragmatist of how risky this is mm -hmm. this life is and how it would look to other people and how difficult it was it would be william was clearly a dreamer reality wasn't set in foot in that man's head you could tell right and olive was just going to go along with whatever he or they wanted but of course as in typical movie shove shit in your face so hard you can't help but notice it <laughs> as elizabeth and william are having an argument over all of this at the rope class at the rope class i think it's again the, the french guy pulls 
um, Oliver's side who'd been walking around looking at stuff. Oh, pause. Because yeah. there's a quote that I wrote down okay. that the French guy says. Okay. The, the rope class. Okay, so he owns the lingerie shop, is French, and is do- teaching the rope class. So it's all the same guy. He has a really good quote. They say, they're like, why would you do this? And he says, you, 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 me, I do this. I tie her in a rope because I long to control. Uh, and she does this because she longs to be controlled. Real life is full of disappointment, but fantasy is possibility. Oh, I love that line. I think I wrote that in my notes, too. I loved that line. Right there. There it is. Yes. And then somebody says, um, they also talk about the fact that, is that painful? Mm -hmm. The rope. And they're like, who says there is no, says there's no, who says there's no pain in love? Love is painful. We hurt the ones we love all the time. Mm -hmm. Which cracks me up for several reasons. Number one is I say that all the time as a joke. When I am when I am topping people in impact and I'm hurting them, I'm like, you only hurt the ones you love. <laughs> so I must love you a lot. <laughs> well, there you go. That's your perfect quote. Right? So that's why I say that all the time. But it's, I think it's really a good understanding that, you know, there is always pain involved in love. The difference is, is when there's love, the pain is acceptable because you get the love. When the pain... When there's not enough love to justify the pain, then yeah, then the, relationship, the relationship is done and over yeah. with. But, the, and the thing too is anybody who's ever had a divorce knows the person that you were in love with, that you shared all your painful, vulnerable side, often, a lot, that information is now used against you in the divorce. Yeah, that part sucks. Right? So it's, there's always going to be, you can't escape pain. So you just kind of have to accept that it is part of it. But what you want to do is hopefully find somebody who makes the love greater than the pain. So costume scene? Well, yeah, when she, um, while the two of them are arguing, Elizabeth mm-hmm. and, and, and Marston, uh, Charles is, is helping Olive change into an outfit. That, oh my God. So some of these things were like, so not subtle. So blatant. So not subtle. Where all of a sudden, Olive is in a costume. And it wasn't just even that the costume is the Wonder Woman costume. It was the light behind her. Yes. Coming through. Okay, so here's the thing, though. He made he made Wonder Woman in Amazon. That's Elizabeth. Elizabeth is tall like a freaking giraffe. She is very long, everything. But Olive is very short. And so I thought that was an interesting combination. Well, he did. He made Wonder Woman a combination of the two. Mm-hmm. So once they see her dressed like that. In a black leather corset. The rest, the rest is history. And wrist they, cuffs. They have lots of, lots of good times together. Oh, and yeah. Uh, but then what happens is, is as you had mentioned, that, that fateful day when Olive is coming on to Elizabeth. And that's what's interesting Ooh, about that. Back up. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry, I have wee, more notes. Wee, wee. Back it up. Back it up. In the scene after she's all uh, in the outfit, Elizabeth starts to tie Olive. Yes. And first of all, I was like, how'd she get so good at this like immediately? Like, really? So that was just my movie, like, fuck you movie. Well, she paid attention during the class. And she is that kind of person. I I can see that. She stopped and said, is this what you really want? And she got active consent what a good dominant. before right it was great so elizabeth becomes the dominant again ties olive she does a check-in she asked before and then she did a check-in after like halfway in there's objectification there's humiliation there's dominance there's submission it's fucking amazing scene i love that scene continue okay so the fateful day when olive which and this is what's interesting Olive was always the one who seemed to initiate things with Elizabeth. At least in the movie. Yeah. For not being the dominant one. Yeah. She was really going for her. So, and then somehow, and I don't remember how, William becomes a part of this sexual scene. Where they're he taking... in on it. They're taking turns, tying each other up, whatever. Elizabeth had called out sick mm-hmm. in order to stay home and... And I think Have some afternoon delight. She was the only one that was never at home because William at this point was working from home. And 
a neighbor or something, which I don't understand how this person even knew Elizabeth was homesick unless her husband worked with Elizabeth. You know, this that's how they she was, I think she was asking well, for this all will of teach This will teach people lock your fucking doors because the neighbor walked in and mm-hmm. saw the three of them together. Who the fuck just walks into somebody else's house like that? That is so motherfucking rude. That's what she did back in those I days. Hate, I mean, no. this according to all the TV shows. No, that was goddamn stupid. Right. And caught them. All three of them. Together. Doing things. Yeah. So now all of a sudden they're not allowed. Um, the neighbor, their kid comes home. Beat. Beat. Got into a fight. William, they go to yell at the parents. The parents are like, you need to pull your kids out of school. Yeah. Because I don't want your child around my child, basically. You are, you are uh, depraved. Perverse. All of those things. Bad influence. And so once again, it's Elizabeth who puts her foot down and is like, we can't do this. This is, this is hurting our children. And this time I think Olive agrees with her. And we see Olive drive off in a cab with two of the four kids. Yep. And everybody's upset. Now I feel we, bad for the kids. Well, it's hard. But, you know, back in those days. The, yeah. You, listen, people, don't blame kids for the parents' crimes. Okay. Well, what was Olive going to do? Not take her kids? Right. I just don't know how that was going to work financially. Yeah. With all of them. So now we're back to seeing the discussion between between Marston and the government people about what's going on. He walks out of the room and passes out on the stairs. They dun, call, dun, dun. They call Elizabeth. She's the wife. She's in all the paperwork. Elizabeth's at the hospital. And after much consideration she rightfully calls olive and lets olive know i'm not entirely sure how long it's been between the split and this scene that part wasn't really clear so olive comes to the hospital and they realize they they love each other enough to deal with whatever the repercussions are right i like the part where he said uh, well elizabeth was actually forced to be put in the submissive role to olive and he says, you cannot be dominant all the time. We sure as hell can try. I mean, she sure as hell can try. Right? No, but I mean, in reality, <laughs> think about it. You got to take a break sometime. Well, listen, I tell people I am happy being in charge 95% of the time. Mm-hmm. But 5% of the time, I just need a break. And I'd like somebody else to take care of things pretty please. I, I'm good with the, with the majority. But I need a break every now and then. And whether I need a break or whether I, I'm the person who I'm with needs me to take a break because they need to be in charge for a bit. You know, kind of like you. Oh, all the time. Well, no, for me, it's it's like 80 percent, 20. When I come home, I don't want to be in charge anymore. I am very much in charge at my job. I don't want to be anymore when I get home. So anyway, it took a lot for Elizabeth to do that. Much respect for her. She got her wife back. They got, um, but they both, William and Elizabeth, got on their knees. Yep. Now, again, this could be fiction. I mean, it, clearly it was. It was very nobody, symbolic. Nobody in their right mind, like, there was nobody else there for this discussion. So this is just, they made this shit up. However, Olive's condition cracked me the fuck up. Should we even mention it or just oh, let no, people? please, go ahead. You, her condition for coming back to them was a new stove. I loved that. That was a brilliant condition. Oh my God, it was great. She goes, the back burners don't work. And I'm like, well, yeah, bitch, get you a new stove. Absolutely, you should get a new stove if the part of it doesn't work. My God. <laughs> it's like. Yeah, new stoves are important, people. It was great. Anyway, so long story short, um, he died. Well, uh, uh, it happens. Everybody dies at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he died. And it, like you can look it up and everything. There's like, you know, there's wiki and everything for it. But here's here's what we were talking about at the beginning. In the credits, it mentions that Elizabeth and Olive remained together after William's death for another 38 years. Yeah, don't tell me for 38 years they lived just as friends. 38 years. And Olive died in 95? Olive died first. Yes. Because and Elizabeth lived to be like 100. Yeah. So because how could Elizabeth not 
with that personality, obviously she was going to outlive both of them. So I'm living to 100. Right? I'll be Olive. <laughs> but dude, 38 fucking years. You cannot ever tell me. Yep. 30. No. If right? they weren't together. They didn't get remarried. No. Nope. Well, technically, Olive never got married at all. Right? Which you is can't all- fucking tell me. And that was verified, by the way. You can't fucking tell me that they were not partners. Yeah, I agree. You that know, granddaughter You know dumb. the old me think they the death protest too much? Yeah. Yeah. No. When was she interviewed? Uh, would have been right after the movie came out. So whatever. I forget what year the movie came the movie's out. movie's pretty damn recent, though. Relatively recent. Yeah. So, no. Granddaughter's full of shit. That's all I'm saying. I'm done. Okay. You That's sure? all I got. You sure? Granddaughter's full of shit. I just wonder, is the granddaughter trying to, did the granddaughter know, but was trying to protect her grandmother, figuring if grandma wanted people to know, she would have told people? Is it Elizabeth's granddaughter? Uh, Olives. Olives. Mm, Maybe. But, okay, so think about, granddaughter would have been born, she would have been a, so the kids were born in the 30s, which would have made them not boomers, they would have been the greatest. Great generation or something. So, and they had kids early enough that their kids might have been boomers. So that kind of makes sense that she would still be on the whole, no, my mother was not an unmarried woman with two kids in a polyamorous relationship and then a lesbian mode. Well, no, it wasn't, they're not saying she wasn't polyamorous, that William wasn't the father. Mm -hmm. What they're saying is that Olive and Elizabeth were not involved, that it was just a a triad. Okay, but oh, so she's saying it, it was FMF. Yes. Look okay. Are you using the fancy language? I know all of this stuff now. You explained it really, really well. I don't <laughs> remember what episode that was, but I got it. And you also said that when it's more than three, it, you have to put so many letters in it, just, just everybody's touching each other. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I remembered that. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, but I'm sorry, but 38 years. That right there is enough proof. 38 years of stay, of living together in the same house. They raised their kids together. Nobody else, no no other man is around. I'm sorry, 38 years without sex? No. Yeah, I ain't buying it. The priest can't even handle that. <laughs> sorry, was that out loud? saying all priests well what did i say that but one until, time until, but until it's no, no priests, priests it's all priests <laughs> i'm dying oh shit <laughs> i literally gagged <laughs> i had to i'm oh, sorry that was for you that was that was not for you for me that was for <laughs> Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> Don't say I don't support you. <laughs> yeah, my husband likes to say that too. But then he comes over and lifts my boobs up and that's his support. Yeah, I ain't supporting you that way. Mm-mm. You give me No, you have actually supported me that way. <laughs> no, usually just rest them on me cuz yeah. that's the height difference. <laughs> You're right. I could do that. You know I'm thinking next time I get you on the table for Electro Impact, I'm just going to whack you with my boob right on your ass and see what happens. Okay. <laughs> you have you have consent. I have to take my boob out of my bra, though, and that's not something I do at Risque, oh. so. All right, because I was going to say, you have consent, so. We'll, we'll see. Ugh. All right, we need to probably take a break now. <laughs> I need to pee. <laughs> well, if that isn't a reason to do something, I don't know what oh, is. Oh, God. I think when you said that, I literally inhaled spit and started choking. <laughs> I, I, how did I, how could I not? Ugh. It would take a stronger person than me. Thank you very much. Oh, my God. All right. Thanks for everything, Ra, as usual. I'm going to go now. Do, do we have a conclusion? I no, feel that like was it. Just, Me oh. yelling, I have to pee, was probably the, the conclusion. Oh, okay. I no. didn't know we were keeping this part in the in the recording. Maybe. I don't know. I fucking love this movie, though. Okay. So why did you love it? First of all, it was one of the better depictions of BDSM and kink ever in media. 
it was very well done. Yeah. I loved the psychological deep dive of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I thought it was great. See, now for me, being somebody who loves superheroes, <laughs> I was fascinated with the connection to Wonder Woman. And um, well, I didn't realize how kinky Wonder Woman actually was. Well, there's, I mean, if you talk to a lot of people who are into kink, they'll tell you, oh, well, when I was a kid, I really was into this. I mean, we all knew about her, her lasso. She tied people up for crying out. There was a lot of spanking, apparently. Oh, what was that last part in the movie where they actually removed all the sex stuff out of Wonder Woman for a while? Yeah. And then more. They, they talked. So after it was after he died. Right. Because I don't know who the rights belong to, whatever, Wonder Woman. After he died, you know, we listen, we went through a, a purity phase in our world. My, we're still in it. Yeah, but it was, it was bad. We went through this purity phase, and so they removed any and all depictions of kinky stuff from the Wonder Woman comics, which makes me think how much was left. Not a lot. Well, remember he said that at one point he tripled the amount of sex yes. that he put in it? That's, that's why I love this guy. That was He's a like, fuck oh, you. Oh, so you want me to do less? I'm going to do I'm going to triple it. Yeah. Such a brat. Oh, my God. He was such a bratty switch. It was great. So um, they did that. And then when in the 70s, Gloria Steinem decided to bring it back. She took over Wonder Woman as like the symbol mm-hmm. of strong females, which is accurate. It was and just, so they put stuff back in. It was just such a good movie. Like it was a it was a generally well done movie, regardless. But everything else about it, I think this is one of the better media depictions of kink. Well, that we've I, yeah, watched. I mean, I agree. There's consent. There's check ins. They were what I liked about it is. They were set up as just curious. Like, we're doing this because we're curious. It turns us on. We enjoy it. We want to learn more about it. They weren't set up, honestly, as perverts and deviants. They took a class. Oh, did that make you happy? Yes. It was so, it was weirdly modern. <laughs> like, everything they did in this movie was accurate to what we try to teach now. Yeah. It was cool. Clearly, it was designed by modern, like, I wonder who their kink consultant was. I'm actually genuinely, I want to know. Okay, I will look at the credits and see where it says kink consultant. If they provided one, yeah. Yeah. All right, anything else you want to add? No, that's it. I, I recommend watching the movie. I think it is educational. It's enjoyable. It's fascinating. Um, because, you know, I know a lot of people who in today's day and age, it's very difficult for them to be involved in kink because of their jobs, their family, whatever. And it's like, think about what it was like back in that day. Yeah, that's big. Thanks for hanging out with us today. If you enjoyed what you heard, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a minute of our fun and educational content. New episodes drop every Friday. If you love what we do and want to show support, there are several ways. Join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash pinkkinkpodcast. You can support our affiliates or help spread the word about our kinky podcast to your friends. Don't forget to rate and review Pink Kink on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Those five-star reviews go a long way in boosting our podcast through the algorithm and reaching more listeners. Sign up for our Pink Kink Institute classes. Shop at our Etsy shop, Pink Kink Boutique. Stay connected with us on social media. You'll find all the links on our link tree posted in the show notes. Your support means the world to us. So until next time, stay pretty, stay safe, and stay twisted.